0: From coast to coast, border to border, and around the world, you're going online with Bill Alexander.
1: The following program is intended for immature audiences only.
2: Don't think, just listen. Online.
0: Online. Online. You're going online with Bill Alexander.
1: Online with Bill Alexander is a live caller interactive talk show.
0: Whatever's on your mind,
1: heavy, light, or otherwise,
0: give Bill a ring
1: at 724-444-7444. ID 1832. Now, sit back and strap in for another edition of Online with Bill Alexander. to the first episode of A Conversation with Bill Alexander, because I'm Bill Alexander. And today we are here at the, uh, where are we at again?
3: We are at the Abel Colley Tavern and Museum. That's it. In Township, so <laughs> right on the National Road. And sitting with me is... Chris Bucklew. I'm the president of the Fayette County Historical Society.
2: Joe Lopstead. I'm the secretary.
0: And I'm Bill Zinn. I'm the vice president.
1: And we're going to be talking about the tavern and what the Historical Society does throughout the county. Now, the first question I have for you, how long has the Historical Society been in existence?
3: We began in 1982, but at that point we were called the Uniontown Historical Society. And there was a call. Uh, at this point, there was not a countywide historical society, so that there was a call. It came to the newspaper, and, uh, and so it was decided to form the Fayette County Society Historical Society out of the Uniontown.
1: And how so, many, how many uh, places are you responsible for in the county?
3: Well, we're responsible for two. Bill Zinn is our site chairman.
0: Uh, we have the Toll House about okay. a mile uh, east of us, and of course this place here.
1: And what other things do you do, other than toll house and the museum itself? Well, we host exhibits. We
2: have outreach where we uh, participate in whatever public venue that we that we can uh, can attend. Uh, We started a group that's called Historic Fayette that's all of the historical societies and related organizations in the county. And the purpose of that is to uh, work together to address any issues or promote any events uh, that deal with the telling of the history and preserving of the history of the county. Uh, For example, we created a brochure and a uh, marketing piece and a website for Historic Fayette, and it's an opportunity for each one of the organizations to participate. Um, what
1: exhibits do you have going on right now here at the Tavern?
3: Well, this is the 100th anniversary of the bank's failure, J.V. Thompson's bank's okay. failure. So we thought we needed to mark that anniversary. And, uh, and so we have original letters that J.V. Thompson wrote to Honey, his second wife. We have promissory notes when they were reorganizing uh we have uh photos that have never been seen before that were came from re, uh, reproduced from glass negatives mm-hmm. and um and other paraphernalia collectibles we we have just a wonderful collection most of which belongs to this society but some are on loan
1: and that's the only exhibit going on right now, or do you have other things happening in the uh, museum itself?
3: The only exhibit right now, but the uh, but the museum we're we're always filled in questions. Most of them are genealogy questions. Okay, we have people come from all over the country. In fact, there's some a whole family coming up just just now, and they they will come, they will research uh, a family, and hopefully they'll come home with. With um, copies of original documents that they, but we, we
2: uh, are supportive of that initiative. And we also have some permanent exhibits. We have New Geneva glass, which is here. We have stoneware that was made or related to Fayette County. We have some pieces of original furniture that was made in the county and belongs in the county. So we do have, we also have a small uh, permanent exhibit honoring the coal mining history okay. of this county. Mm-hmm.
1: Um, The the tavern itself, when was it an operating tavern? Never. 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 (laughs) (laughs) Well. um, Then why is it called
2: a tavern? Well, Well, there's a reason. Okay.
3: And, and. Abel Colley did own a tavern. Okay. First off, he was born in a tavern. He was born in the Peter Colley Tavern, which is just up the, the road, a couple okay. miles up oh, the road, at Briar Hill. And and he was the manager of the Green Tree Tavern, which was located across the street. And so he built this big brick house. Mm-hmm. And and as his biographical sketch says, he missed being a tavern owner, and so he put a tavern in here. Oh, okay. And there's a scar on the floor in the room, which was the tavern room, just just in uh, the next room, and. So he did. We, we know he did operate a tavern at least for a while. Now, he died in about 1858 or 1859, so he would not have had it for many, many years. But then his son, C. Wright took over. So did C. Wright keep a little tavern that just the locals would have just stopped mm-hmm. and, and, and had a drink? We don't know. But there were certainly indications that it was a, 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 a tavern. And PHMC said that it was designed as a tavern mm-hmm. as well when the family applied to be on the National Registration. Yeah, so.
0: even the walls had markings when we took the wallpaper off to show that there was actually a wall built there that extended out, and that was the, you know, where it connected the the bar.
1: Oh, interesting. Now, you mentioned the one in Briar Hill. Is that the, the stone building there where yes. the honor roll is? next yes, yes, to yes, the Peter Colley Tavern. Okay. That and was
2: Abel's father.
1: And are they planning on doing anything with that, or is it just, because unfortunately it's in disrepair, right? It's sure. in private ownership. Okay. Yes. It is. Now, um, you mentioned you mentioned the Toll House and Abel's son's name was
3: Abel's son was Sea right.
1: Wright. So, mm-hmm. is the Toll House named after him?
3: Seir. Because
1: I, I'm getting a lot of stuff here right now. <laughs> it's like conflicting <I'm laughs>
3: Well, the, C, the Toll House really was never called right's Toll House. Okay. It was called Gate Three, and we tell this story when we do our tours. Mm-hmm. So, it was Gate Three. Uh, William C. Wright, and we actually have his original painting that was done by David Gilmore Blythe in the other room. Uh, he was the commissioner of the highway, okay. of the yes, of the highway, and so he died at a at a young age, relatively young age, and I think that. In honor of him, I think they started referring to it some years later. His son Thomas wrote the definitive book on the, the road, which is called the Old Pike, and and I think that anybody interested in the mm-hmm. history would, would want to pick that up and, and take a look at it. So,
1: what I think is interesting is that that tavern or that um, toll house, as long as I've been in the county, we've always called it Sea Rice, and that's what everybody refers to as and. That makes me just to think that a lot of the stuff that we talk about history in the county, how much is
0: actual and how much of it is folklore, I guess, would be a great way to put it. That's the the one on the mountain called Addison. Addison right. That was gate one. That wasn't okay. originally called the Addison mm-hmm. Toll House.
1: And I assume that was called the Addison because it was near that community. Yes. And Yeah, it was actually Petersburg. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So where was this? If this was three, where was two at?
3: It was near. The,
1: Farmington. Yes. Oh, Farmington. And it <laughs> was
3: near Fort Necessity. Right. Where okay. it stands today. Right. And we know that uh, William Hopwood built two of those. He built that one and he built the one at Fort Necessity. And they were constructed out of stone. Okay.
1: So... Mm-hmm. Interesting. So um, you have tours coming through year round? Is it only spring, summer, well, fall?
3: Yes, uh, we are available year round just as the toll house is actually open year round if you want to call. Now we keep our regular hours October, from April to October okay. at the toll house, and this is. Whenever we have exhibits and other events, trainings, or workshops, or things like that, then then we're open here.
1: Interesting. Now, we were talking earlier, we mentioned about the National Road, which goes right in front of that. Most people refer to it as uh, Route 40 or um, National Pike or whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, How important was that road? And I've heard stories Mm -hmm. about how that road became a road. And how it um, impacted Fayette County in itself?
2: Well, the National Road was the first federally funded highway project, and it came about because George Washington recognized that there was uh, a need to have a direct uh, connection between the pioneers that lived in this area and the new government that was established in the east, east of the mountains. Mm-hmm. And uh, at the time, before the, the National Road, it took weeks and weeks to get a load of goods across the mountains to Jacob Bowman's trading post in Brownsville. So Washington argued that, that the, uh, he was afraid that the people that lived here would put their materials, their lumber, their pelts, their grains, whatever, on placket boats on the river and float them down to St. Louis, which was... Uh, French and on to New Orleans which was Spanish and so he was afraid that they would form allegiances with those countries as opposed to the new government so he strongly advocated for the road it wasn't until Gallatin became the Secretary of the Treasury that they figured out a way to pay for it but once they got it built in in about 1818 about 200 miles were open and it took six days to get a load of goods from Cumberland, Maryland to uh, Wheeling so the road was in high demand, high use, so
3: hundreds of wagons a day. Yeah,
2: 198, you know, wagons or or herds that went through on an average day. It was it was very very highly used. He documented
3: 4,000 hogs going through Brownsville. Yeah. When Chief Neville plotted this trail, his objective was to see the best place to go into the Mon, Mm -hmm. because it's easier to to travel by water. Right, right, right. And so
2: Brownsville was the place he determined to be Mm -hmm. the best place. Yeah, there's an old adage that's in government that says, rivers unite and mountains divide. So Washington and, and Gallatin understood that they needed to get direct access to these, these folks out here.
1: Interesting. Very mm-hmm. interesting. Um, just just seeing how important the road is. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, we live in an area where people don't realize that. Mm-hmm. And how are you getting history into everyday lives? Are you able to do it into everybody's daily lives? Because I go, I, I'll be honest with you. I go past this building every day. Mm -hmm. To and from work. I didn't know what it was, other than the sign out front, and if it wasn't for someone I know it said, You have to come talk to these people, I wouldn't have known anything about it.
3: Well, it's always a challenge, yes. I think. Um, certainly, we have a Facebook presence. We have a website. We um, we certainly, every time we have an exhibit, it's in the newspaper. We have over 300 members. I mean, we're hoping that they get the word out that we're talking. We're, we have outreach to the schools, yes. but I think the schools are so limited now in yeah, what extracurricular they can do, trips they
2: could do, or whatever. In the old days, they we, certainly We would go have to been groups here. and speak yeah. whenever we're yes, invited. We talk to very groups and uh so we try to outreach in every way that we possibly can think of we always manage to have some sort of activities and events here during the pike days the national road festival Mm -hmm. we're open and we we have inside and outside activities glass blowers reenactors uh you know whatever we can um, invite to to come and show what life was like during that
0: period yeah we've had uh interns from local universities yeah. mm-hmm. that have worked with us here. Uh, we had a student from Uniontown that did yeah. our hundred hours of community yeah. service at the toll house doing tours and things like that. So we we have reached out to some of the youth but it's it like she said it is challenging.
1: Because that, that has to be kind of frustrating that you're here, you offer this facility mm-hmm. and yet they're not taking advantage of it.
3: Not
2: not, as, not enough. <laughs> yeah, not as much as we would like to see, yes. although we do understand, as far as schools go, they are restricted. They, yeah. We understand that they're constricted, but still, we would like to be able to work more with the young people and, and even go in and get in the classes or whatever.
1: I mean, even mom and dad bring them out on a Saturday afternoon or a Saturday morning know, just to come yeah. to walk through and say, hey, this was here, this is what right. was going on. Right,
0: yes. I mean,
1: everybody sees the mansion in Uniontown that is now... Mount St. Macrina mm-hmm. which was right. JV Thompson. J. Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay. You're not going to get really a lot of history up there. You're going to get it here while this exhibit's going mm-hmm. on. True. So it it's just getting people here and getting this. Now the JV Thompson exhibit is going on from when to when?
3: Well, it has been going on, and it's going to be going on until after Thanksgiving, and then we'll, we'll close it out. So there still is an opportunity mm-hmm. for people to come and, and bring their families. Mm-hmm. And uh, and we are happy if they call at 724-439-4422. We'll yep. take reservations, and we're very flexible. Mm-hmm. Yes, we're just happy for people to come. Now, right.
1: if, say... Um, actually let me, I'll go to that one next okay. uh, where does your funding come from the museum
3: well uh, yes it, <laughs> it's
1: a tough question to answer I know but
3: it's, well from a couple of different sources right. primarily it, it certainly comes from our members
2: mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. and sure.
3: their, their generosity their donations their, their dues and such um, uh, and we also have memorial funds that go mm-hmm. directly into an acquisition okay. fund but we have been fortunate enough to get grants from Laurel Highlands visitors bureau the hotel occupancy tax and mm-hmm. also the community foundation at Fayette County has helped. I mean they help with our security system, which has been which has been wonderful for us so mm-hmm. um, any other sources you can think of Joe no
2: we you know again, we continue to write grants and keep looking for opportunities to to do more grant writing and, and fundraise. As a matter of fact, we're trying to put together something that we could you know, call a signature event that would... Enable us to raise uh, the money that we need to, you know, keep it in repair, keep it open, keep it heated, repair the plumbing.
1: Old old
2: houses are (laughs) expensive to maintain.
1: Now, you were donated this building in 2010, 2009, 2009. 2009. Right,
3: yes. And um, the bones were very good, but it needed to be completely redone. Mm -hmm. And so the nice purse that we had, the, the Historical Society, became somewhat depleted because we did have to pay for the renovations in here. Now, Bill and my husband, Tom, mm-hmm. and also uh, inmates from SEI Green worked for quite a while. Mm-hmm. and uh, So from top to bottom, the work that was done was just tremendous. Mm-hmm. So um, so what you see now is what not what we saw mm-hmm. when, when we got here, but in, in addition to uh, wiring and plumbing and, and all the, the things that needed to be done a new furnace, hmm. thanks to Joe Hardy yeah. Joe Hardy provided the furnace and a, an and a, uh, air conditioning system, oh, yeah. which was right. wonderful which was nice. yeah, so when we first wonderful.
0: took over the house, it was a house that was made to be lived in it was a right. home. and right. we w- wanted to turn it into what it is now we wanted to make it a museum to look like what it would have looked like when it was first built, and we mm-hmm. think we've done a pretty good job of yeah, that, to restore it and the year the house was built? Well,
3: 1852, but it's debatable. 1852,
2: 50, <laughs> yes, it's, yeah, it's
0: really hard.
1: In other words, to... the people that built it aren't alive anymore, right? Right. Correct. Correct. the right. record is, yeah. is what it is. Yeah. Well, that's interesting to, to, to hear about that. Now, the Toll House, what year was that built?
2: 1835. 35. Okay. Mm-hmm. And we have the actual plans drawn by the, the individual um, Uh, Richard Delafield, who was charged by the Army Corps of Engineers to, well, the road needed to be resurfaced. When it first opened in 1818, it lasted for about five years because it was so heavily used. And then um, Congress uh, restored funding or created funding to restore the road. And it fell to the Army Corps of Engineers to rebuild the road. And in order For the states to be able to maintain it, they also built toll houses. Delafield designed the toll house. He also also, uh, designed the cast iron bridge in Brownsville, which is a national historic landmark.
0: This mm-hmm. First cast iron bridge made in America. Mm-hmm. Which people may finally get to see in the next few years. That would be w- wonderful.
2: We're excited that about would be that. wonderful. It's never had a weight restriction. It's an it's an amazing
1: yeah. structure. I've been lucky enough to see the plans on that one. So Good. Hopefully, oh, hopefully. That's exciting. We're keeping our fingers crossed right. in that part of the county. Right. But um, but with all this going on, um, it sounds like a wonderful thing to be a part of. Now say I have an estate that a relative or someone passed away. Am I able to donate stuff to the museum, or is there a special process you have to go through? Because I'm sure you have a lot of stuff that people want to give to you. Mm-hmm.
3: Yes. We have a museum committee, okay. and, uh, and and so everything would go through the museum committee. And, and as much as we would love to be able to to take upon mm-hmm. everything, yes. Uh, we are restricted by the amount of space, available space that we have. But we particularly love photographs and uh, books. We have a fine collection um, of library books, very fine. But, uh, but certainly anybody, we would be happy to entertain the idea of, of taking on different things. But, but yes, it, that would be the, the process. And then it it would be a a
2: tax deduction Mm -hmm. for anybody off of their taxes. It needs to relate to Fayette County history
1: specifically. When you look at, because I'm looking at pictures right now. Yes. Mm -hmm. I'm looking at them on the wall. Right. Um, There are postcards and stuff like that from that period of time. Mm -hmm. How new or how recent are you willing to take up to? Because, I mean, I first came to the county almost 30 years ago. I mean, to me, that's history. Great. And there's it stuff is. there that isn't there anymore. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, sure. and yeah, looking like is. that, just bringing back, giving you a copy of the Brownsville Telegraph that's that it. no one has anymore right. stuff like that. But what are you willing to take in? I mean, you said photographs. They have to be relating to... Cabinet. cabinet,
2: yes. Cabinet.
3: Glass bottles like that uh, yeah. in the cabinet. It's uh, those are a lot of those are from Albert Gallatin, mm-hmm. so but, New Geneva glass.
2: But when we did the glass exhibit, we did 200 years of glass houses, right. and we had a this whole room was full of whose glass displayed items. Yes. Oh, really? Yes. Right, because that that was within the 200 year time frame, mm-hmm. and and whose glass was certainly
1: significant in the history of glass production mm-hmm. so now if you look at um, i'm thinking consul now look at anchor Hawk. right right parents. we had some yeah, we even had some. some things right. from them too right
3: capstan okay. mm-hmm.
1: right now uh, some of the stories that you have have they been documented or do you have any oral histories or anything like that that you would, would share with the public because that's what interests me because of my background
2: We started on a project where there were a group of us who would travel to, um, I can't remember the name of it right now, the Marquee House House and Gardens. And we have interviewed probably seven or eight of those individuals. We haven't had time to, to collate or... Their stories, but we did, we do have the notes and we do have the records, and we would like to do that at, at one time. Unfortunately, we only got a camera, and were able to tape one or two of them. So most of them are handwritten notes. But yeah, that's a project that we would like to find the time and the resources to to get back to and to follow up on because again, we're, you know, we're losing those folks. That's, that's, yeah, that's the whole thing,
1: yeah. With other organizations in the county that deal with history, how well do you work with them? Um, Is there cooperation back and forth of sharing information, sharing exhibits? Right. Oh,
3: yeah. That's the formation of Historic Bayette, which lists all of the historical Mm -hmm. societies, libraries, um, like-minded organizations. Uh, So... We took the lead on that
2: to establish Historic Mm -hmm. Bayette,
3: and there's almost nearly 40 entities in that.
2: Right, and when we get a call, for example, that would be, say, uh, for a question say that would be really specific to the SMOC or the periopolis area then we refer the, that caller mm-hmm. to the appropriate organization in that area we partnered with the connellsville historical society and hosted a program uh the professional program that came in on the ccc that was this spring, and that was very, very well attended. So, yeah, we, we do work with our, we collaborate with the, with the other historical societies in the union. Because I'm pretty sure
1: that it would be almost impossible for you guys to do it all by yourself. Oh, I like no, couldn't, yeah. Work with individual organizations. And they right. probably, a lot of those organizations have probably been around a lot longer than you have. Yes. So they have a deeper um, archive system than you, at least at the present time.
2: Some may, yeah. some may, some may, yeah. It yeah. just depends. Mm-hmm. Although we were part of the original southwestern Pennsylvania Historical Society that was headquartered around Pittsburgh, oh, and then right. that spun mm-hmm. off to to Westmoreland and Fayette County Historical Society, and then the that, that spun off, yeah. yeah, that spun off to the Uniontown, and then that mm-hmm. evolved into the Fayette County Historical Society. The original Society.
3: organization was formed in the eighteen nineties, mm-hmm. and it was all of the professional men in town mm-hmm. at the time, uh, mostly from Uniontown, but some came from Georgia's mm-hmm. or Spring Hill Township. Mm-hmm. And, but their objective was to put together uh, an historic library, which they did do. They accomplished that. And their other mission was to teach children the history of Fayette County. Oh. And, uh, and and they did, and they did an admiral job. I mean, part of the... Uh, Memorial for Braddock was was part of their effort as well as a, a group that it formed. But, you know, as, as many organizations do, they suffered from from not having uh, new members that came in. And mm-hmm. so all the wonderful artifacts that they had accumulated uh, were sent over to Westmoreland. Mm-hmm. where And then the establishment of the Westmoreland Fayette County mm-hmm. Museum, Historical Society... But unfortunately, we lost
2: a oh, lot really?
3: of mm-hmm. what had been given. Um, the viewer cannot see this, but the painting there of yes. Andrew, Stewart Andrew Stewart was actually one that was given back to us. Oh, really? Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah. That was, yes. And so that was 1838, that wow. painting of Andrew. Mm-hmm. That over there is Andrew in 1822. So that was, you could see the similarity, but he's lost his little <laughs> baby face <Yeah. laughs> in that one. Yeah.
1: Yes. Um, it, it's really interesting to hear you talk about this and do that. Now, um, the one that, the the one that everybody talks about when you talk about Uniontown in the area is George C. Marshall mm-hmm. and Absolutely. the impact that he had with the reunification of Europe right. after World War II. And and that, um, do you have stuff dealing with Marshall and with? We intend to do a
2: Marshall display. We do have a few things. As a matter of fact, George C. Marshall was best friends with. Andy Thompson, who yeah. was J.V. Thompson's son. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. Right, and right so we there. Have, uh, yeah, the, yeah, of the, the little boys in the sailor uniforms. Okay. Yeah, so, so long yeah, long. so we do have plans sort of yes. in the nucleus of an idea to do a Marshall exhibit yeah. soon.
1: Interesting, mm-hmm. uh, because that's the most famous. Right. I, yeah, I mean, there's yeah. a lot of people that have come out of Uniontown and everything else, but mm-hmm. he's the one that yes. is the identity, yeah. nationally. Correct. Yes, yes, has been on that. That's and
0: true. when uh, the George Marshall Society helped build the, plaza. the plaza, plaza in downtown Uniontown, when they disbanded, we received all of their everything they had. Their oh, really? Minutes, their contracts, yeah. everything. So,
3: so we have that. Yes, we have
0: yeah. some things from them, and. Well, we'll keep building on it.
3: Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, we're just right. looking for the best anniversary best. so that we can have an exhibit. <laughs> <laughs> and so one of the former members of the of the Friends of George C. Marshall, in fact, I was also a member of that board, um, he's looking for an anniversary for mm-hmm. us. Okay. So, okay. so he said it could be one of, of many. But, mm-hmm. yeah, so we'll do that.
2: So we are planning to,
3: Interesting. to uh, recognize I didn't, him. I
1: didn't realize. So, again, going back to that idea that one board, or organization, I don't want to say folds, but they have passed their information on you so it doesn't get lost and it it can keep going further down that road. Now, the question I have, are young people getting involved? And I mean, I'm not saying teenagers, I'm talking 20s and 30s, young professionals (laughs) getting involved with it. I mean, I hate to say how old I'm getting right now. (laughs) 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 Well...
3: Well, but but one of our favorite members is 16 years of age. Oh, really? He's yeah. a, he's a docent at Friendship Hill. Right. He spoke uh, in front of our organization mm-hmm. For one of our regular meetings, and he was fantastic. Yeah. So we told him he's allowed to go to away to college, but he has to come, <laughs> has to come back. Yeah. He's, he's and he back. has to be the president of the Fayette County Historical right. Society at some point in the future. He's wonderful. So, yeah. but yes, in answer to your question, uh, we do. We we we. Uh, Certainly, try to enhance uh, mm-hmm. younger members to right.
2: Mm-hmm. We try mm-hmm. to appeal to, to them. Yes, mm-hmm. we
3: do, and so it's we hard. certainly yes, we do. We have over three hundred members, in, in some, but but we need to attract. Yeah, it's people. hard. Yes, Gives, yeah. Gives young the people. They're busy so so
2: too. Like That's it. They're so involved. They have with, families, yeah, and, and, all kinds of yeah. activities and interests. And
1: okay, so, what got me interested in history in the county? and um, also met my wife there, mm-hmm. was, well, I was a tour guide at Falling Water. Oh, okay, And okay. Through Frank Lloyd Wright. Right, right. And, and doing that whole, with the whole mm-hmm. Kaufman connection with Pittsburgh and everything mm-hmm. else. And me growing up outside of Pittsburgh, there was a way to uh, face the name, because I never heard of it before when I came to Uniontown, mm-hmm. or came to the area. I came in, they told me about this house. I'm going, oh, okay, it's just that. And then when you go up there, you actually see what it is, and then you become right. interested. And that's like all the history in this county. A lot of people don't know what's there Mm -hmm. because there's so much with the wars that have gone here Mm -hmm. i mean it all overlays Mm -hmm. and if you don't have your timeline straight you miscommunicate is what it ends up being that's right and i assume that you guys have that all laid out that if someone has a question about a certain situation you probably can find them the answer or about a family member that may have been if you have the records of that
2: we
3: do that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's a, those are routine questions that we answer. So
1: you do a lot of uh, genealogy, then genealogy.
3: Yes. So we get calls, we get uh, inquiries through our Facebook page, quite a few mm-hmm. actually, uh, and a lot of these people are they could be living in the state of California, mm-hmm. and, but they have ties here, mm-hmm. and uh, so of course we encourage them to come to stay three five days, and right. that's how long it's minimum that it's going to take oh, for them boy. to do their research. Mm-hmm. But in the meantime, we are supportive. We do maybe
1: start the, the research. Now, where do they do the research at? In this building, or do they?
3: Well, some, but they at the courthouse okay. and in the PA room at the, the Uniton Library. Library. Mm-hmm. And, and the people in both places are just wonderful. Mm-hmm. I mean, they are very helpful.
1: Oh, interesting. Yeah. I, I didn't realize that. So, in other words, you have a working re- yes. relationship with other organizations yes. yeah. that you can actually help people and at least yeah. point them in the right, right. direction. That, right. Hey, I know my grandfather went to school here, mm-hmm. and so on and so forth, and being able to give them that, that type of connection. So, right. Mm-hmm. Huh. Um, I know a lot of things that, um, and I mentioned earlier about folklore that people tell stories about the area and about how things came into play and stories. I mean, my father, which I will not repeat because it's his story (laughs) about how the Monongahela River got its name. (laughs) Um, A lot of people repeat stories like these that may not have been true. That (laughs) That become what perceived fact. Right. Yes. How often do you deal with that when you come in with things that people, well, this happened here, they told me it happened, and so on and so forth?
3: Well, as best we can, we try to present facts. Mm-hmm. One of our members that uh, died last year, Mick Gallas, mm-hmm. Mick was always on the hunt for the truth, mm-hmm. the absolute facts. And uh, and so I think we owe it to Mick mm-hmm. to try mm-hmm. to, as best we can, to present the facts. But he, we do love stories, right? At the right. same time,
2: he had begun to uh, list all of the uh, incongruities or inaccuracies that he found in the old resources and the old histories oh, really? of the oh, yeah, counties yeah, yes. and things like that. Now, unfortunately, we've not had—again, we haven't had the time to go through those notes of his. But you know, uh, he was a very a stickler for accuracy, which is is necessary. But so we do have that resource. Again, we just haven't had the time to to uh, develop or to review what he has he started on and follow up with it. But uh, that's one of our goals to make those corrections.
3: I know one time I was doing a tour of the Toll House and Nick was in another room and, mm-hmm. and so he was listening and, and when I came back when the when the visitors left he said, I said, okay, he says now one of the things you said he says, I know where you read it, you mm-hmm. read it in Ellis but it said that uh, George Washington was miffed at Albert Gallatin when he came in 1784 and presented his the option of, of Building a canal between the Potomac and the Allegheny River. Okay. That he was miffed when when uh, Albert Gallagher presented him with a map of Nemo Cohen's Trail and said, "This is what but you anyway. need to do is for, for westward expansion. Okay. We need to, to to do this land road." And so he said he really wasn't miffed. You know, because Mick then went and read his journal, Washington's oh, Journal. Really? Mm-hmm. So the word, myth yeah. but he said that was one of those that was repeated and repeated. And so, and I said, well, that would be the last time I will say that's <laughs> right. when right. I do a tour. Yeah. But we learn, uh, you yeah. know, all three of us do the tours and, and we yeah. learn. Mm-hmm. And so...
1: Because that's what I find interesting, years of being on the radio and hearing these stories about and then coming back on. But wait a minute. Yeah. I mean, there was a story that I remember years ago about a plane crash, one in the mountain. And I heard one crash in the Monongahela in Brownsville. And people still tell me that. I'm going, but How? And yet yeah. there really we, is no actual proof. We got an inquiry.
3: Oh, we, we had the, a,
1: about that plane about the one, crash, The, one yeah. in the, mountain, right. Right? the but
3: yeah. there were quite a few oh, in the mountains. One almost hit the cross and on our Facebook page, I have actually, uh, I have purchased some of the photographs. Oh, really? And so, yeah, there were quite a few, at least three plane crashes, at least in the mountains. Yeah.
1: Cause that was a t- always a top of the converse- conversation around this time of year. Mm at night. Yeah. And people would, because they couldn't sleep. And that's right. what we would talk, yeah. about, okay. talk about. And it was really interesting hearing these stories. And I'm thinking, part of me is going, nah, it never happened. But you have yeah, to keep no. making them happy and <laughs> keep going on with it. Yeah. One that I recently got into, and I found connections of people, is the creation of the Big Mac in Fayette County. Yeah. Right. Ha- was it created here yeah, or it was... was it sold here first? That's the one that. Uh, yeah, well,
3: we we will say that it was created here. <laughs> yes. Mr. Gallagotti, isn't that who it was? Yeah. Yes, yeah. Yeah. So we're we, we, going to stand by that.
1: But the people in Ross Township said it was created ah. there. So there's, there's this controversy going on right now. And I will get to the bottom of it. Good. I promise you that.
3: When you were asking about even the interest uh, and how, how new of mm-hmm. information would be of interest, some of the, the, the posts that we've had on Facebook showing, say, McDonald's, yes. the old McDonald's at the shopping center, we make it 10, 12,000 hits. Mm-hmm. On on something like that, yeah. whereas something maybe what I find more interesting, older, more, you know, and like that, and might that's, get a thousand. Or and something.
1: that's where my my why my question was is how recent of history do you deal with? Yeah, um, is it the last fifty years? Is yeah. it the last two hundred years? Just let the I mean, ink
3: be dry. <laughs> you know, beyond <laughs> that, yeah. yeah.
1: Because that's what's that's what's really interesting mm-hmm. to me about it. Because even though people don't think there's history here it's being made every day oh, right? absolutely and they don't realize it because it doesn't affect them mm-hmm. you
3: no know, sports teams from the 60s the 70s people have a lot of interest in that the how the streetscape has changed in Uniontown the stores that used to be there i mean we had were given photographs from Metzler's the old windows mm-hmm. from Metzler's from the 30s and the 40s i mean people love seeing those they love to remember they yes, love to remember yes. the better times right. And yeah. uh, and so this is why it's important. I think it's helping to present a better, more positive image uh-huh. of Fayette County, and I think this is
1: important for us to do this. I was talking to someone the other day, and I said we were. They were munching about Mundles. and I said, "Do you realize the doors on Mundles are for Montgomery Ward's?" And they said, "No." I said, "No, look at them. They are the Montgomery, Montgomery Ward's doors when the business was in town." Yes.
2: Right, You yeah, them. right, well. Yeah. Well, that was the Montgomery Ward the store. store. They never oh.
1: took them off. They never that's changed that's them. They true. left them on. There you go. And that it's works. like they didn't realize that. Mm-hmm. But it is it is interesting to be able to talk about this stuff because how it affects that. I mean, I know the, the castle in Brownsville. Mm-hmm. Was it really a castle or was it someone who wanted to make it look like a castle? And there's right. been stories about that yeah. and contradictions back and forth because some people say, no, that's the way it's supposed to be. That's the way. And then... Someone coming through and actually finding the truth. Mm-hmm. So. And sometimes the truth isn't as fun as the stories. True. <laughs> That's true. So is there one historical event in the county that that you attach to more than anything else? That you are, find yourself more infatuated with or...
3: Well, it depends. If we're at the, the Toll House, we're going to be telling, focusing just on the okay. National Road. Right. And we love oh. telling the story of Dr. Brady, the so-called doctor, who, who uh, came. He actually was a young man accompanying a doctor, and he was from Kentucky. And he came upon a, a, a farmer's daughter who was ill? Now one story says she had broken her leg, and others said she was ill. And since he had traveled with this doctor, he thought, "I can do this." And and he somehow was able to make her well. She fell in love with him, and so he then decides to open up a practice in Uniontown. This is you know, <laughs> early 1820s, 1830s, and so uh, and so he did. Well, just and he had a successful practice that wasn't good. And it was back to the old WMBS radio station on Fayette Street is where he opened up his practice, and so he um, and so he decided to get into different kind of uh, medicines concoctions. He he did those on his own. He never even learned how to read himself, <laughs> and so and and so he he made those and those that was successful. Uh-huh. In fact. A lot of those, of course, were thrown in the outhouse and so down the well. And so if you find one of those bottles, they're fetching $2,500, $3,000 really? for Dr. Mm-hmm. Brady's medicines. Well, that, again, wasn't quite enough for him. So he up and decides with some other people he was able to, to get to help him to rob the the U.S. mail on the National Road. Mm-hmm. And so... But in retrospect, I mean, there were four of them that were conspired. In retrospect, how did they not figure it out that they were going to be found almost immediately? Inspectors came from New York. They knew the mail was at point A. They knew the mail didn't make it to point C. So where was it? (laughs) And they knew through the toll houses. And so they got him. They nabbed him right away. And so Dr. Brady, he still had his followers, including his wife, who believed in him until the end. In fact, with a babe in arms, she walked. This the trial, of course, since it was the U.S. Mail was in Pittsburgh. Right. And so she walked with a babe in arms from here to Pittsburgh to be with him through the trial. Well, of course, he was found guilty. And Dr. Brady, though, thinking he was smarter than everybody else, uh-huh. was going to find his way out of prison. So he started. He took a... A pick and started picking at his gums, thinking that, well, they're going to let me out if I'm sick. Well, no, he ended up developing blood poisoning. He ended up dying. (laughs) So that was the end of Dr. Brady. But it's just one of those interesting stories that made national
1: news, national papers. But what's interesting about that, that's one of those stories that sounds too unreal. I know, but that, that was docu-
3: oh yeah, that was definitely documented. That the, the newspapers—you can still read newspapers from the 1840s really about oh yeah, yeah. So, so we tell that story and and uh, and so and she actually moved away for a while, married again, but her babies she still called Brady. The last name right. was Brady, and so she actually was buried in um, in Fayette County. So ah. so. But uh, yeah, we have we had some some certainly some saints and some villains. Yeah, here I, in I've, I've county, heard there's
1: so. been a few scandals in the county <laughs> but, and, uh, yeah. Yeah. that have that have dealt with people, which that's don't have enough time here to discuss all those. Right. But it's just interesting to 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 meet a group of people like you and probably the 300 people that are part of the organization mm-hmm. that enjoy history and enjoy telling those stories. And being able to do it now. You mentioned that you're able to go out, and if somebody wants you guys to come speak, how do they get in touch with you? What do they need to do to be able to do that?
2: Well, they can either you
1: know contact us through
2: Facebook or uh, the numbers in the in the book. It's seven two four four three nine four four two two. Give us a call. We you know will respond. Uh, mm-hmm. We have an email address, uh, which is... It's face to gmail g- at okay. gmail.com. Right. Yeah. Email us that way. Um, yeah. Just reach out, and like I said, we'll be glad to,
1: to schedule something if we, if we can. No matter what size group or no oh, matter... Oh, yeah. Yeah.
2: yeah it right. doesn't matter.
1: Now, have you done anything, and I know that they have some stuff with the churches that are in the area... Because we have so many. It seems like we have yeah, so many. When I came into Brownsville for the first time so many years ago, I yeah. was told there were more 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 churches than there were bars, but found out that was obvious. Yeah. But, <laughs> Sounds good. Because <but, laughs> there was always one. Oh, yeah. But do you work with the churches, especially the ones that have been closing or the, 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 uh, the buildings like that? Because there's probably a lot of history there that either mm-hmm. if, be, with the diocese and the Catholic yeah. Church takes some of that stuff, mm-hmm. but if-
3: yeah, uh, certainly it's a good resource for genealogy mm-hmm. as well. Mm-hmm. And uh, and some are have been very generous in sharing, others are more guarded because it is maybe some private information right, right. that they right. don't want to have out. But but I think again, I think it's a good partnering experience with with mm-hmm. churches and other organizations, mm-hmm. and so um, I know that what probably some people don't think about is we know about the coal industry we know right. about jv thompson but what we don't think about is you know farmers right those right. were farmlands. those farmers then sold their lands they moved to town some of the mansions that were built were, mm-hmm. were farmers mansions. And, mm-hmm. and some of those farmers put their money into building these same churches oh i didn't realize oh yeah, yeah.
2: absolutely Absolutely. The Sterlings from Masontown were extraordinarily successful farmers. As a matter of fact, um, Mrs. Sterling was a Diebold, and it was her father who was the first one to use a steam engine to plane in his planing mill as opposed to a water uh, Power. Okay. So yeah, this was a huge farming
1: area and enormous agriculture. Because area. I think you're right. We don't think about we don't agriculture. Exactly we exactly. think I mean, it was coal. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. mm-hmm. and how coal and how well the
2: coal don't the whiskey rebellion. Yes. Was generated by farmers. So it's a long history. <laughs> yeah, which was also big here too. Oh yeah. There, huh? Yeah. This was and quite quite a,
1: a hotbed of activities. Which and this is off the subject. That's which okay. is <laughs> we have time, right? Uh, what's Interesting about that is that because of this being, in some ways, the heart of the whiskey rebellion, mm-hmm. why we haven't had distillers coming into the area and banking on that, because that has become this new, this whole new breed of um, small mm-hmm. distilleries, yeah. small breweries. Yeah. So
3: if Think, we're talking about a micro brewery, yeah, a or yeah, a micro yeah, so distillery. Yeah. Right.
1: If anybody's watching, please, yeah. up, because that would be really. Yeah. great and actually have a lot of mm-hmm. history that they can bank on well,
2: right. behind them. The, the only one we have is the one up at uh, Christian Clay, Right, and yeah. they started. started that. They yeah. yeah. just
0: started to steal right.
2: Right. Right. Now,
3: Having said that, we did have an Oktoberfest with the Chamber, mm-hmm. and uh, Dr. Fun. Hartley does have a little microbrewery going. He presented five different types of, of German beers. Okay, mm-hmm. It was well-received. Right. It was a lot of fun, but I know what you mean. Yeah. He doesn't do it commercially, Yeah, right. But it but, should yeah, it could but be. Right. Right, and the fact that he, we're here at a tavern, and uh, and so...
1: What a great time. Oh,
3: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But, you know, when Joe and I and Bill tell the story about the, the National Road, though, it wasn't beer it was the official drink. It was rye. Yeah.
2: Rye, I really.
3: And there are stories of children being given rye and horses being given rye. Uh, and they thought that the horses were better behaved if right. they had a little bit of ride; they in their were relaxed.
1: Well, yeah. Yeah. All the kids were well behaved too. Think kind of, of it. <laughs> <True>. <laughs> but, uh, doesn't hurt, I guess. But uh, no, it's just really interesting to talk about this and doing it like this in an informal way, just to to be able to to share stories about the the National Road, the tavern mm-hmm. here in history throughout Fayette County, and. Again, when people think history in Fayette County, they think of Fort Necessity, mm-hmm. Braddock, Falling Water. Right. And those are the big ones. Because right. if you're telling somebody you need to go come here to visit, that's mm-hmm. what other places are here that they don't know about?
2: Mm-hmm. Well, there's they, Friendship Hill. There's Nimicolin Castle. Uh, um, there's, of course, this place. There's the furnace at... Um, bullskin, uh, bullskin. Yeah. there 's Periopolis, you know George Washington designed periopolis he didn 't live to see it built, but it was his idea to have the, the the city built in a circle with the spokes going out so there's every every part of the county has some historical uh, importance and attraction. And then, of course, you know, the river is, is historical, and all along the river in terms of the coal, the coal and the coke industry, yeah. the first puddling furnace started at Comsock, which is upper middle town, yeah. and that was, that was really the first one in the country, and that's what gave the steel industry in this country its start.
3: In fact, we're just working with somebody now. He's mm-hmm. a sweet gentleman. He's from England. Yeah. And, uh, and all Welsh. on his own. Mm-hmm. And he has decided that he would like to have a marker. Yeah. And so
2: we're so, partnering. Yes, we're working yeah. with him. And, and, to get a marker right up yeah. on Middletown for the first puddling oh, sure. furnace. Yeah. yeah, And it was Isaac Meason who had the foresight to recognize that this was, this was a better way to make iron. And so he he uh, there was Mr. Lewis was the gentleman with the technology, Isaac Meeson gave him the funds, and, and then Isaac Meeson built the, the puddling furnace and all that. So, yeah, it's it's again it's the the start of the
1: industry. Interesting, and it all happened here in yes. Fayette, Fayette County. County. In Manalan, That's right. Yeah. That's in
3: Manalala Township. Yeah, which is and we're Manalala here, yeah, yeah. So. Upper Middletown. Yeah.
1: So it, it's one of those things where you you live here. -hmm. And a lot of people don't know this history because I guess they're only focused on their day to day lives and don't realize what that now, you're talking about these places. Do you I mean it would be great to do a day trip and hit all of them. Mm -hmm. Are you able to do that? Are they open, or are they just exhibits you go up to? How would you do that?
2: Again, we, we've documented all of that or organized all of that in the in the historic Fayette. We call it Fayette Historic Resources. There's a little booklet and a rack card, and that's really the best way to plan your itinerary because it gives the hours and the phone numbers well, and the okay. contract. Yeah. yeah, but, I mean, there certainly is enough here to put together a tour, certainly. Mm-hmm.
1: And I, because I'm thinking of people that would love to be able to do that to come mm-hmm. in and just for the day, because you never know what to do when you have people come visit. Exactly. Yes. that yes. yes. so it, yeah. be- yeah, it
3: all depends what your, your interests might right. be. So we've it's got, and you have the Cole and Coke Museum, mm-hmm. and
2: yeah, we have a Facebook. Uh, Historic Fed has a Facebook page, and and we are renewing our page, and we'll link. To that. to that so yeah and we're definitely focusing on the mobile app for it so that oh really? yes yeah, so that people with their handheld and they're traveling can plug in and find
1: out what's happening do the the, the whole qr code mm-hmm. thing and that. right yes um, recently yes. i was up at ohio powell and got to go through the museum that mm-hmm. they did there yeah. it was talking about transportation and mm-hmm. everything else which they did a wonderful job with that um and it's really nice to see that, but again, that's one of those places that everybody goes to. Because right, it's Ohio Pop. Yeah, right, exactly. And um, w- do we have other places like that that should have that type of notoriety that just is off the beaten path right now that hasn't got up and up to that yeah, like stature? Stature, day? yeah. I mean, do you see anything becoming the next um, hotspot in the county when it comes to history?
3: Well, that blends so many things. Uh, mm-hmm. That blends recreation right. with those in conservation with you know the beauty mm-hmm. of it. So mm-hmm. there's not many places, just like there's not many places, like uh, Falling Water. Right. Yes, we have right. Kentuck Knob, but it's...
1: It's not you know, the same. Yeah. It's very, same, very but, special. But I, yeah, but we love
3: Kentuck Knob, too. So I don't know. You, we're going to have to think about that. <laughs> and... Uh, <laughs>
2: But one of my favorite places is Friendship Hill, Oh, yeah. because in addition to the to the house, and uh, the, are the ten miles of trails, and in you know there's and there's all kinds of different uh, they're developing different programs. I know the nature garden and the butterfly garden. And, and for
1: and, people that don't know what Friendship Hill is, well,
2: that was, was the home of Albert Gallatin. Right. His uh, his original home, and it's off of Route One Sixty Six, uh, just north of, of Point Marion. So I I see an enormous amount of potential there. And it would be, the Park Service can't do it because their mission is Albert Gallatin. But if there were an opportunity to develop the story of Friendship Hill further into the last century, uh, Evie Thompson Martin had a huge uh, dairy farm uh, there, and she sponsored the Chestnut Ridge Hunt. And there was a lot of history that was... um, that took place during Prohibition, and uh, a, a very, very interesting story to be told there. But again, the Park Service cannot cannot tell it because their mission is strictly Albert Gallatin. Yeah, they're, they're constrained by that.
1: So. interesting because mm-hmm. i've been to i've been to friendship hill mm-hmm. i've actually been there for a wedding mm-hmm. i mean it's a beautiful location oh, um, yeah. and if it's you're not mean- familiar with who albert gallatin is mm-hmm. or the area down there you don't realize yeah. it's there you don't really mm-hmm. and again one of the things that and i, I don't i don't want to blame the park service for no. this but there really is no way of communicating on a natural or on a larger scale what's there mm-hmm. um Because when you go to other parts of the country, you have larger parks, the Grand Canyon, Yellowstone, and stuff like that. Right, but. Here we have this, which was actually, if it wasn't for Albert Galgen, mm-hmm. you wouldn't have the National Road. No,
3: you
1: wouldn't. Um, Lewis they and Clark's. could have gone in a
3: different direction. Oh, yeah. Lewis
1: and Clark's expedition. You wouldn't have right. had that because of right. the financing that was done because of a guy that came from Geneva, Switzerland. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Who, that's right. So, again, it's just one of those things It's really interesting to be able to talk about it mm-hmm. and hopefully getting people just on the local area to go oh, see stuff like that. Right. So they can start talking about it and right. say, hey, this is what's going on. On. and we need and i think we are the best spokespersons for the area that we live in right. because we know a lot of people and with social media the way it is right now people are taking pictures of everything right so take the selfie at friendship hill take it at the toll house yeah. take it here yeah. at the museum and post it tag it and let people know mm-hmm. that this stuff exists because i think it's really important to get that history out of here and fayette yeah. county has a lot of it and if it mm-hmm. wasn't for this county The way our country is today wouldn't be this way because we wouldn't have a road. We wouldn't have had the the French and Indian War. We wouldn't have had all this that happened. And, again, they keep focusing on Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh. Mm -hmm. Fayette County did a lot more back then than they, they did in Pittsburgh. They just had a fort up there.
3: True. <laughs> yes, and, and they accepted the
2: railroad and we yeah, didn't
3: well, but and, we had the railroad.
2: Well true. And the road. Yeah. And, and, the road. and all That's of these inns
3: we had an in an a mile and uh right. when the decision to not accept the railroad it was done That's because they, they didn't want to hurt the businesses along the national right. road. Right. Including able colleagues yeah. right. for example yeah. and so we didn't stop the railroad. Obviously, it just went north of we north to north. Pittsburgh. Yeah. yeah. Yep. And so, so and forever that decision impacted right. Brownsville. Remember, it was said, and it, it and we have seen it written. I want to
1: see it written. I've been told that story is, many a times.
3: I know, but it, it's written in the book. Now it was again. Was it one of those that was just said and then repeated, and then mm. it ended up in a book? But. But yes,
1: that it, Brownsville would be bigger than the city of Pittsburgh. Yeah, yeah. The
3: no. Pittsburgh, yeah, the proximity, it couldn't it, survive. There was. No yeah. way it was
1: going to survive. And unfortunately, it happened the other way around. But hopefully, Brownsville will be back in the right track. We hope around. so. Yeah, we love Brownsville.
3: Yeah,
1: absolutely. So, and there's a lot of history there. yeah. A lot of history yeah. there. But there's a lot of history yeah. in all the towns that we deal with in mm-hmm. this county because certain events started those towns mm-hmm. and certain individuals. Okay. And those individuals are the ones that made the history. Mm-hmm. That's right. So that's why we have what we have. Well, I can't believe an hour's up already. This has been fun. Okay. I'd love to do this again. Okay. Um, and also, I'd like to, if you wouldn't mind, taking me through the house so I can right. see it. I can show everybody be- a little bit of it. Oh, that would be wonderful. Right. And then we can uh, share that too. But again, anything you want to say to everybody that's watching us,
3: Well, stay tuned because uh, we are going to be planning future exhibits. We would want to have exhibits where we celebrate the contributions made by other ethnic groups that Mm -hmm. came in. We don't Mm -hmm. want people to think that we only care about what happened in the 1700s or the early 1800s. We want everybody to know that they are part of this experience, that they are part of our history. And so uh, stay tuned for for future exhibits and hopefully... Uh, you know, we'll get people that wanna come and join and, and mm-hmm. help us out. So.
0: Yeah. And also please come visit us the first Monday of every month we have a meeting and we also have a speaker during mm-hmm. that meeting and it's it's free. Uh, everybody's welcome. And mm-hmm. if the first Monday happens to fall on a hunt on a holiday then it would be the second Monday. So right. please come and to our meetings,
1: and where's the meeting located? Though? Right here,
0: right here. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And
1: what time do they usually?
0: Six, six o'clock. Six o'clock.
1: Okay. We
2: have the programs at six, and a social after, and then a brief business meeting oh, okay. following.
3: And we get people home in no time at all. Yeah. <laughs> yes. So <laughs> we <laughs> conduct our business and, and quite up quickly. Up the gas. So, yeah, nice. so please come. Mm-hmm.
1: Well, again, thank you very much. I appreciate the time, and uh, hopefully, uh, we'll get to do this again real soon. Sounds to be very nice. Thank you. Thank you very much for watching A Conversation with Bill Onzander, and we'll talk to you next time.